a joy this morning again to bring the Word of God. As you know, the Word of God would not return to him empty. And that's why it is a joy to preach it. Because it was, it was in some way or the other bring about change, transformation. It's powerful. Have you heard about the wall of shame? W-A-L-L. The wall of shame. You know, in, this, in the country of Peru, the capital which is Lima, it's a concrete wall, concrete barrier that literally separates the rich and the poor. Separate the rich from the poor. It is said that Lemon has some of the poorest slums in the world. So the wealthy built this wall to protect themselves from the high rate crime in the slums. But the war has become a symbol of the vast divide existing between rich and poor. A war of economic disparity between rich and poor. This gives us, gives us a picture this morning of why James is about to forcefully point out to us in this passage this disparity especially so when the rich is at the advantage over the poor. So please turn with me in James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And this is the word of God. Come now, you rich, weep and whore for your miseries are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments have become mouth-eating. Your gold and your silver have rusted, and their rust will be a witness against you, and will consume your flesh like fire. It is, the, it is in the last days that you have stored up your treasure, Behold the pit of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you, by you cries out against you. And the all cried of those who did the harvesting are reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not resist you. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray, oh God, that as it goes out, it will come with mighty conviction for the rich and the poor. 
and the in-between. Oh, Father, will you please teach us what true riches are? We thank you this morning. We pray that we'll leave from here with principles that will guard our hearts as we live in this world where everybody is scrambling to gain what they can or help us to be different. In Jesus' name, amen. At the end of chapter 4 of this book, we've been studying this series. Um, James talked about how some people trust in their arrogance and make their own plans without God. Now, beginning with chapter 5, he is talking about those who trust in their riches instead of trusting in God. And worse still, they not only trust in their riches, but they get their riches at the expense of others. Commentators have differences about these people that James is talking about. They have different opinions as to whether James is speaking about the rich people who are non-Christians, or whether he's speaking about those who are members of the local church who are living a lifestyle of grief for money. But whatever, whoever they are, James tells them that their miseries are coming. A sorrow awaits sorrow them. So let's see our first point in the outline. Their miseries are pending or searching. It may take long, but they will certainly face their miseries. He said, come now, you rich, weep and haul, for your miseries are coming upon you. The rich are those with more than they need to live. James does not condemn riches. He does not condemn being rich or wealthy. But misusing their resources is the, is the problem. One commentator said that these are wicked, wealthy who profess Christian faith and have associated themselves with the church but whose real God, who real God is money. Whose real God is In other words, they presume on the generosity and the goodness of God in care of their wicked schemes for wealth. For this, you can only expect divine judgment that is coming upon them. And their penny miseries are a condition that should call a cause for weeping. They will be grief-stricken, and they will shed tears for what they have done. Cause for deep sorrow. The word hauling there means not just cry and wipe your eyes, but crying prolonged periods of pain. And yelling that people can hear you when you cry. That's why that word 
hauling haul is hauling to make a long, prolonged period of crying, especially in, in pain. So the question for us this morning, how is our attitude toward money? How is our attitude towards wealth? Are money and material things standing in the, in the way of your relationship with God? You might say to money, I'm not rich. You don't have to be rich to have a greedy attitude towards money. How is the relationship with God as far as money is concerned? Proverbs 10, 22 says, it is blessing. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he has no sorrow. If God gave you your riches and you trust him, you serve him faithfully, you will be happy. That's what Proverbs is saying. It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he has no sorrow. Jim gives specific reasons why these rich people in this passage will face divine judgment. Their greed for wealth and their dependence on wealth. Their greed for wealth and their dependence on it. You remember the, um, the man, the rich man in Luke 16? He was a rich guy. And um, they say Lazarus will come to the gate, a poor guy, and he will sit there begging, but the rich man will never look at him. But Lazarus was a good man. And one day, Lazarus died and he went to heaven set out Abraham bosom, and this greedy, wicked, mean, rich man died. They say he went into hell, and there he was crying, tormenting, the heat, the suffering, and he cried out, Father Abraham, please tell Lashel to, to just put a hand in the, in the water and just let it drop on my tongue. I'm tormenting here. Abraham said, no. You have your riches. You enjoy. Lazarus was poor. You didn't even look at him begging. You were even wishing for the, 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 the crumb from your table. And you didn't have time. Now, he's enjoying up here. Besides, there's a gulf between us and you. Because you are asking that Lazarus will go down to and tell his brothers that hell is real. And he didn't want them to go there. Weeping. Their misery is for the greedy race is coming. Just like the rich man in Hades. Well, let's look at the second point. Not only were the people expecting uh, miseries, 
because of the way they've lived, as far as well is concerned. But look at what they also are doing. Look at their hoarding. Their hoarding of riches is fully, it's foolishness. When they were just piling up riches, piling, piling up. How much can one person have? They were just. You, your riches have rotted and your garments have become moth-eating. Your gold and your silver have rusted. And their rust will be a witness against you. You consume, consume your flesh like fire. It is in the last day that you have stored up all these riches, treasure. These rich people have been stockpiling wealth, silver, gold, lost reclose, day in and day out, year in and year out, they were piling, piling. How many, how many of you really know about hoarding things? They were just hoarding, hoarding, hoarding. They didn't mind to share with the poor people around them. They were just piling up, day in and day out. Being wealthy, my friend, is not a problem, but the misuse of wealth is the problem. Also, not willing to share your wealth is a problem. James is putting out here to us the folly of hoarding wealth. And you see, your riches have rotted, and your garments have moth-eating. Your gold and silver are rusted. Useless to you on the last day. Someone jokingly said at the funeral procession, never saw several U horse taking the people, all the things that they have hauled, all the things that they have gotten. They never saw the in the funeral procession there, their belongings going in that procession. They leave everything. Not willing to share is a problem. James is pointing us to us the foolishness of hoarding wealth. The gold and the silver. Proverbs 62 tells it when riches increase, do not set your heart upon them. Riches are temporary. They are here today and gone tomorrow. Riches are subject to decay, theft, or other forms of loss. I look at some of the storm era, the tornadoes and the storm that come and wipe all cities and everything people have worked for. They just go overnight. Lost. Destroyed, or when you die, you leave them. So, what is our attitude this morning towards wealth? Are we setting our hearts on them or on God? James tells us that rich people, their riches will be a testimony against them. Their riches reveal who they really were. 
they revealed their heart. They were living as if Jesus would not return. They lost everything. Jesus tell us, but store up for yourself treasure in heaven, where neither moth or rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in a steel. There is an old song, I don't know whether you've heard it before. It tells about a warns against riches and setting our hearts on things here. This old song says, This world is not my home. My treasure I laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven is not my home, Lord, where will I, what would I do? The angels beckon me from heaven, heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We're just passing through, friends. Our real home, for those of us who know Jesus Christ, is heaven. And so Paul's prayer for us is that we will know true riches in Christ. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory in his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. True riches in Jesus Christ are spiritual. So the hoarding of riches was indeed a foolish thing on the part of these people. The rich people. They thought their possession made them rich, but in fact, it made them poor, especially spiritually, because they lose everything. Their possession possessed them. They became slaves to wealth. You know the rich fool in Luke? In Luke 12, I will do this, I will build, I will destroy, I will build new bonds. And I will say to my soul, take your ease, rest, and enjoy yourself. And God said, this night, your soul is required of you. Who will all these things go to? Not only were they hoarding the riches, but look at it, number three. Their defrauding of the poor is seen by God. Their defrauding of the poor is seen by God. Verses four and five. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mow your field and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the all crowd of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have, lived, you have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. 
You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. In the ancient times, it is said that the work you perform, performed by the laborers, you have to pay them at the end of the day, no further. They work for you today, at the end of the work day, you pay them. That's why he was done. But these greedy, greed motivated laborers, landowners, they withheld the wages of the people who work for them, the poor people. The Old Testament forbids that. In Deuteronomy 24, 14 to 15, it says, You shall not oppress a higher servant who is poor and needy, whether he is one of your countrymen or one of, or one of, of your aliens who is in your land, in your towns. You shall give him his wages or on his day before the sun sets, for he is poor and set his heart on it, so that he will not cry against you. That's the Old Testament. Give him his pay. He depends upon it. Don't withhold it. He cries against you to the Lord, and it becomes sin in you. But Jeremiah said, Woe to him who builds his house without righteousness and his upper room without justice, who causes his neighbor's services, who uses his neighbor's services without pay and does not give him his wages. The race oppressors continue this practice of holding the poor people pay not paying them despite the plea. Hey, pay us. We got family to support. Pay us. But they did not listen. They disregarded the crowd of the poor laborers. But all, the, the all crowd of the poor workers reached the ears of the law of God. No matter what we go through, God cares and listens to our cry. You listen to our cries, no matter how suppressed we may feel, oppressed we may feel, no one cares, but God does. David said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice from his temper, and my cry for help before him came into his ears. Not only did these rich businessmen with held the paid of the laborers, but they maintained their lavish lifestyle at the expense of the working poor. They used the people's money to buy fine clothes, and maybe in our days, buy fine cars. They maintained a lavish lifestyle at the expense of the poor people. They defrauded the poor. They deprived them of their income, using it for luxurious living, a life of self-indulgence. Mercy. God was watching. God heard the poor people cry. 
I like the song we usually sing uh, for the cherry message. Don't you love that song? It's a beautiful song, Micah 6 8. He said to you, O man, what is good? What, what does the Lord require of you? But to do what? Do justice and love kindness. And walk humbly with your God. A beautiful song. And those of you who teach children, if they ask you, just explain it. Justice. Justice is what God wants from us. Walk humbly with your God. Wherever and whenever justice is not upheld and kindness is not applied, and we are not walking humbly before God, he is not happy with us. God is not happy. God is a God of justice. And he wants us to do justice and to do kindness. We must speak out against issues of injustice. If we do so, God will be happy. But if we shut our mouths and just keep in our comfort zone and corners, God is seeing what all the biblical principles of justice that you've learned. Speak out. The rich merchants were people who were callous, cruel, and mean to the poor. So you see, we have noted so far the pending miseries that is coming and coming soon. They are fully abhorring riches. They are defrauding the poor. But finally, let's look at the, the murder of poor people. They killed them. Not only did they defraud them, or they killed them. The murder of the defense that poor is shameful. The Bible says, James says, you've condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not resist you. Some commentators believe that this word condemn, and put, this phrase condemn and put to death are used here either figuratively or literally. Figuratively, figuratively the withholding of the poor people pay is like killing them. It's like murdering them. Put to death meant that some of them some of the poor people and their families really died of starvation or sicknesses as a result of not being paid by the rich people. The rich people also, with their money and power, had advantage over the legal system. And the poor man had no money to see such legal recourse. The poor had no power to resist. They were unable to oppose the rich. The poor, in their despair, they gave up any hope of resistance. You know, when you've been down for so long, you just lose uh, hope, that's it, of, of fighting anymore, whatever happened, let's happen, because for so long, they lack the will to resist. It was used that trying to resist, but God was their defense. He will fight their battle. The ruin of the oppressed is imminent, and it is coming soon at the last day. 
Abednego's one had an angel, angel visit him, promising to grant one request. And the businessman asked for a copy of the stock market one year in the future. And as the man was studying the number, the numbers of the future exchange, gloating over how rich, how much he will make, because of, the, of his knowledge of the future, his eyes glanced on the next page. And get what he saw on the next page. His, his picture was in the obituary column. And suddenly, a new world faded away into insignificance in light of his death. I just want you to see quickly what Timothy, what perspective Timothy wants us to have as Christians as far as uh, our world is concerned. You see, but godliness actually, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanying by contentment. For we have brought nothing into this world, so we cannot take anything out of it. If we have food and covering with thee, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and in the snare of many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sort of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. griefs. Well, let me conclude this morning, friends. Oh, James, talk so. It may sound harsh, but James wants to warn us. Being rich in itself is not sin. James is, is not against wealth, but at least he is against greedy for wealth. And that is the problem he's talking about this morning. Greed for wealth. We say, I'm not greedy. For wealth, thank God for you. The Bible talks about certain persons God has blessed with riches. Abraham, Job, Solomon. So the Bible is not against riches. However, when we seek riches to make name for ourselves and seek self-pleasure and do not honor God, we will fail and will suffer misery. Instead, we should put God first, seek his kingdom, come on ourselves before him, and he will lift us up. We must trust God to provide for us. And we must work for the benefit of others. Share, share, share. Look in your closets. What can you give out there? I have a letter recently from a lady who just opened a home for homeless women. 
and children in Germantown. And she said, Pastor William, please talk to your child who just opened it. He just caught a raving just uh, this month. Any help you can give us, we appreciate it. Share what you have. When we seek riches to make names for ourselves and don't honor God, we are in for trouble. Let's put God first, humble ourselves before him, trust him to provide for us, share what he has provided with others, and he will bless us. And we must also seek justice for the downtrolling. Let us break the, the wall of shame in our neighborhood, in our cities. Let us break down the walls of shame that divide the rich from the poor. Let us share the gospel of Jesus Christ and build bridges of hope that the, that the gospel provides. So if you are here this morning and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I ask you to do so today. Whoever you are, talk to one of the elders. Father, we thank you. This is harsh because we know some, some of our friends we care for them, and we want to share the gospel. Because Father, when they know you, they will get a new perspective of riches. And so we thank you. We pray for those who are rich. We do not condemn them today, but we pray for them. And Father, we pray that riches will not influence your church, universal, nor the local church. Because as some commentators said, these riches come, rich people come into our congregation and they cause trouble. They do not know you, but they want to influence, they want the church to support them. Help us to be different and tell them the truth. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.